All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're shaking things up here a little bit, recording on the Tuesday instead of the Monday, which is a nice little treat, but uh, recording Tuesday for our Wednesday, September 28th episode, episode number 61. Uh, we're going to be breaking down week number three and then getting into our week four prep here. So before we get started, we'll say hello to the fellas. Uh, we'll start with Zach this week. Zach, what's been, uh, what's going on? We'll keep you busy. Oh, I think we finally kind of hit that busy point now of work where the, uh, the joys of startup are, are kind of all in the rear view and we're kind of back in that grind at school. So I've been busy and, and I'm pretty tired this week, but uh, looking forward to today's episode. Absolutely. Armin, how about yourself? Yeah, you know, Zach said it best there. Uh, I'm sitting about the same wall right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, excited to see some football. It's really ramping up now and both high school and NFL, you know, it's it's great to see the, the football season in full swing, at least. So that gives you at least a little energy to go with that uh, grind that we're getting into in the school year now. Absolutely. I We've had a couple of busy weeks there and I was looking forward to this weekend to try and get a little break from work and house chores and stuff I was down to Sturgis for provincials for lacrosse. So that was fun to get away. Unfortunately, we couldn't go back to back. We got second place, lost in the finals, nine, eight. It was a bit of a barn burner. It was a fun one, but came, didn't come back with a trophy, but I came back with COVID. So I've been off work for the last couple of days here. Uh, starting to feel a little better now. Still don't feel super good, but uh, it's been, been a bit of a grind. I think I, I've had it last time when we're on the podcast, so this has been two for two, second rounder for me to come <laughs> around and recording with with uh, with the vid. But uh, still have another episode, so if you hear a lot of coughing or or sniffles, I'm sorry, I apologize for that one in advance. But uh, we're gonna get things started here. Um, before we get started with the the question here, um, I just want to talk about a little bit of the panic button here, and I know it, uh, we have a couple things written down here. Uh, last week, we talked about some guys that were a little bit concerned about, and the Denver offense was one of the talking points last week. And my goodness, that Sunday night football game might be one of, if not the worst football games I've ever watched. And uh, I I know all three of us have several pieces of Denver, Denver offenses throughout our fantasy teams here. Um, are the panic alarms going off here? Because it's just, like, to me, I think this just screams trouble. Even if you were like a Javante owner and you're like, yeah, maybe he'll out touch Melvin and they'll get the ground game going. It was 18, 17 equal split touches. So like, to me, the panic alarms are going off here, but I'm curious to see your guys' thoughts. You know, it's a, it's a long season and there's so much potential in that offense that you got to think that eventually they'll get it going here. It's just, is it going to be too late for people who heavily invested and are they going to be, looking outside of the playoff picture and really hoping to make a push at the end of the season. Um, the, the one bright spot in that Denver offense so far has been Sutton as he's wide receiver 18, I think, in, on the season for fantasy, which is about where you would have drafted him. So at least he's performing up to expectations. But yeah, everyone else is kind of below. But, you know, I, I still have faith. I just hope it's not uh, they're not going to figure it out too late for fantasy purposes. Like we were talking about on the way home, if you have Russell Wilson, there's zero chance you can play him with any sort of confidence, but you can't cut him. Like you can't cut him, but it's one of those ones where it's just like how long you keep him in the lineup and keep burning you. And I, I have him in a 2Q league, and it's really burning me in those super flex leagues. So I can only imagine how it'd be burning people in, in those single Q leagues. Like if you, like if you drafted Russ 
what's a, I think he was going with the seventh round, sixth round, maybe. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to be able to put him on the bench and pick somebody else up, but you, I don't think you can cut him. But do you have any thoughts to add to the conversation there, Zach? Uh, sure. So, like Armin said, Cortland Sutton, to me, is the right now the piece to own there in that offense. Um, looking at their totals over the past three weeks, they're averaging 12 points a game, uh, which isn't going to lead to much fantasy uh, success from skill players. But you have to think that the pieces are there and whether it's Hackett that figures it out or they make a change there in the coaching staff and shake things up, uh, the, the pieces are there and you might just have to have faith that eventually they'll figure it out. It's not like we're banking on um, some kind of up-and-comer, up-and-coming players. All of these guys, with maybe the exception of Javante, have shown success in the NFL and I think you two more than me have a lot of faith in Javante. So we're really banking on uh, proven players to come through again in that offense, I think. Yeah, talking about the offense, or talking about the coaching staff, they already had to hire an addition. I think they call it VP of game management or something like that. So Hackett can just call the offense and then they hired somebody else to kind of take over the game management type situation. So they're already starting to make transitions, small minor changes early in the year. So hopefully these minor changes they're going to make are going to assist Hackett and taking off his plate and he can just focus on, focus on the offense. So like, like Armin said, time's going to tell, but we're, we're creatures of like we talked about, I think it was two episodes, three, three ago. You know, if you have a slow start, people, people don't forget that, right. It burns it a little bit more, but if you have a slow end, it hurts you in the following upcoming season. Right. So right now, we're trying to develop trust for players for, for a season long and an 0 three start on your fantasy team isn't the way to be building this trust. So like Carmen said, time will tell, but it's, you're going to have to take a little bit of a downgrade here as we, as we approach these upcoming weeks. On, well, you know what, there's also other proven fantasy players that like people might be a little worried, but they're holding the faith on them. Like think about Justin Jefferson the last two weeks and, um jamar chase the last few weeks joe burrow right everyone's holding the faith on those guys so i think uh you just you got to do the same with the denver guys in the end yeah anybody else that we're a little bit concerned about here that uh the panic alarms are going off or or is that it for this point i know there's one i'm going to talk about here in the studs and duds section that i'm panicking a little bit here but i'm not going to foreshadow that one too much Yeah, not too too much more. Everyone's kind of otherwise performing where you were expecting, I think. Perfect. Okay, so, to see who you say. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to rip this guy a little bit because he made me look stupid in my starts of the week too. So I'm really going <laughs> to dunk on this guy. But uh, we'll get the 22 fresh quick question of the week going here for week number four. And uh, transitioning a little bit, uh, this was a discussion I had with some buddies on the weekend uh, as I had a guy in the Thursday nighter and also had two in the Monday nighter to win my dynasty matchup. So the question is, do you like or dislike having players in your Thursday or Monday nighter games? So getting a early start to your fantasy team, or maybe a, a Thursday nighter really stinks it up and you're behind the eight ball a little bit, uh, or you like having those players left on the Monday nighter and you're nail biting watching that Monday nighter for the win. Is that something that you like or dislike? Maybe we'll start with Zach on this one. So for me, having guys in the in the Thursday and the, the Monday doesn't make too much of a difference to me. Um, they have to play regardless, and 
Thursday night and Monday night are so frequent and consistent now that um, by by Thursday morning, my, my roster is usually set. And then the only time I'll change my roster is, or my lineup rather, um, if there's like a late injury update kind of Saturday or Sunday morning. Um, the one part of the question that you didn't ask is late in the season, those Saturday ones, those are the ones that kind of get me and uh, I actually don't like the Saturday games because sometimes you may forget to update that lineup or there might be an injury that pops up Saturday morning and you think, oh, I got a day to change it. And then it turns out you have six hours to change it and you don't get around to it. Or those, uh, or those early, early, early Sunday ones, which oh, we have. yeah, the, the overseas ones. Yeah, those yeah. ones. This week, yeah, so those burn you. Yeah, all of a sudden you wake up and it's, you're supposed to set your lineup at 6 a.m., but the game started at 5 a.m. or wherever it is you're listening from. So those ones really throw you for a loop. But Armin, what's your thoughts on Thursday, Monday nighters? I, I love having guys in them. It just uh, brings a whole element of of watching the, the games, right? Like uh, you're more invested in the game. You pay a little bit closer attention to it. I know I find when I'm playing or if I don't have guys in those games then I'll just be watching on my phone and my wife will uh, be watching something on the TV and I'll be like going back and forth and stuff. So it's, I definitely pay more attention to the games if I have guys in them. And uh, yeah, like Zach said, just when you throw off the regular schedule, that's when it kind of throws you to a loop, but otherwise, yeah, love it. Although I do have to say this week, I hated it because in that Cleveland game, Oh, um you had and, so many it in my uh in the work league that i'm in i was behind the eight ball and drafting tight ends so i've been kind of trying to piece it together and i have logan thomas and Najoku on my on my team and i decided to bench Najoku um this week because he hadn't been doing much and leave logan thomas in and then Najoku went off for it's a ppr league so i think it was like 22 points yeah so day yeah, Thursday night already, just rough start, 22 bench, 22 points sitting on the bench. I I don't know if I would say I like, like, I preferred my Monday than the Thursday. Like, Thursday, nothing worse than coming out to a slow start. And to say, for example, our Dynasty League, we start nine guys. If you have one or two, all of a sudden you still, you have seven guys remaining and you only got five points. It's, it's demoralizing. But if you come out to that huge, huge Thursday nighter, that it's a bit of a different emotion. But if I had to pick one or the other, I'd pick the Monday nighter just where it's like, you're so glued to that TV. And it's like, even yesterday, I, uh, well, just, yeah, yesterday, sorry. I needed 24 points. I think it was between CD and Barkley in the first half, just absolutely nothing was going on. I was like, Oh, well weeks over. This is just toast. And then the second half, they both go off and end up winning the matchup where it's just like the roller coaster of Monday night football. I remember when we played each other, Zach, in the finals there last year, it came down to the Monday nighter and I was chewing my nails all day and I ended up going to watch the game at Armin's house. And I think I was watching a game like this between my fingers. Like it was, it was nerve wracking. So it, it adds a bit of excitement, but if I definitely had to pick one, I'd pick the Monday nighter over the Thursday, I think. Uh, like, should we get some insiders and headliners going here? Or what? Let's rip them. Yeah, I'll go through this relatively quickly here. Just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. 
So some big names that we have to monitor here moving into the upcoming weeks and then some uh, smaller pieces of news that we're going to talk about. Um, the big names, Delvin Cook, De uh, DeAndre Swift are guys that we're going to have to monitor here. They're both battling shoulder injuries. Delvin Cooks, we've been down this road before uh, where he's dislocated that shoulder, goes back in, and then he kind of battles it the rest of the year. Uh, he did leave the game. And then Alexander Madison went in and did get a touchdown later in that game as well. Uh, DeAndre Swift, um, his shoulder injury sounds like it might be a little bit different. I know um, coaching staff came out and said that he could really benefit from missing a week or two just to rest it. And we're coming up to week four. We got week four, week five, and then their bye weeks, week six. Uh, so we could be without DeAndre Swift for the next two weeks, meaning that Jamal Williams, who's been absolutely vulturing red zone targets and red zone opportunities from DeAndre Swift is going to get a lot more opportunities and might become really, really fantasy relevant. So those are two names I think that we really need to monitor uh, as we progress throughout this week. Obviously, <clears throat> waiver wires have already gone through by the time our episode drops. Uh, so guys like Madison and guys like Williams are, if they're not already picked up, will have been picked up. Uh, but if you're the owners of those guys, you're going to have to monitor that throughout the week and potentially make pivots. But uh, if I had to talk about both these names here, which guys would you be a little bit more concerned about? Um, DeAndre Swift had a big first couple weeks, but he's getting vultured a little bit by Williams, where Cook has struggled out of the gates. Started looking not too bad in that game, but now battling injury. With, if you had to pick one or the other, you're a little more worried about to start with Armand. Um, I'd go with uh, Delvin Cook with that whole day-to-day -day take. If he's battling through it all year and he might go in and have to be pulled partway through, like it's it's a nightmare in fantasy when your guy is playing injured and then being pulled through games. I had to deal with that one year with Julio when he had his hamstring issues. And it's just, it's so hard because you know that if they make it through the game, they're going to put up good fantasy points, but you don't know when they're going to get pulled. And it's, it's so tough because you could, you could have them starting on your bench and get pulled after the first drive because they, they can't get it through. So That'd be what I'm more worried about is a, is when the coaching staff isn't outright saying that they're out um, and going to miss time for a certain number of day or number of weeks and then be back. So that's that's where I am with with Cook versus Swift there. The Keenan Allen effect or on the first drive, you retweak your hamstring, you're done for the day and he got zero targets and zero receptions and put up that goose egg on the first drive. Zach, which one would you be a little more worried about? I think Armin said it quite well. Um... Dalvin Cook having that day-to-day uh, -day tag is something that <clears throat> um, I would be worried about if I did have uh, any uh, shares of him, uh, especially having a, a pretty effective, effective and efficient uh, backup there in Minnesota, where if he does play and he's not 100%, they could just go to Matt Madison uh, quite easily. Um, hopefully, Swift uh, gets like a, a clear timeline here and Maybe in the next in the next couple of days, a uh, a clear indication, uh, one way or the other, if he's in or out. Yeah, I I definitely think I agree with you guys as well too. But I think the different situations too, right? Where you got the Vikings, that's my God, should be one and two. They're two and one now, but they're they're definitely in consideration to be favorites for the division. Uh, I think there's coaching staffs that are trying to get things done, and they got to make a push to try and get to the playoffs. You missing a key cog in the offense there might be detrimental to their team where Detroit Lions, you know, we're, we're trying to win, but at the same time, uh, 
early draft capital is pretty nice too. So it might be a two different takes on how they handle these different injuries too. Um, Tua, this one, this one is super bizarre. Uh, did you guys watch that game? And that, like, well, I'm sure you've seen the clips, obviously, of him after the hit. He he got hit, falls back, kind of whiplash his head to the ground, gets up, and then they end up marching the play down. I can't remember if it was because of the flag or if it was because the reception was more than the flag or how it ended up working. But he's kind of jogging up to the to the next like huddle, and then all of a sudden just kind of like wobbles. You can tell like okay that's a head injury somehow clears protocol within minutes and back out for the rest of the game so I know there was a, um, a report that came out just this morning that said he's considered questionable with a backslash I think it was maybe to do with the head too I can't remember if it mentioned the head at all or if it was strictly the back but that was the report that the reason he left the game and went to the blue tent was because of back issues but their NFLPA is currently investigating that as well too but a super super bizarre situation um, I know Lucas is going to talk about uh, to a little bit at the end of the episode here of one of his uh, one of his bets. So um, do you guys have any thoughts on that one or should we cover that one at the end? I don't have anything else to add to it, so I'm good to move on. This this one sucks for you, Zach. Mac Jones, after nearly coming back and, and beating the Baltimore Ravens there, uh, Mac Jones has now suffered a high ankle, like what's quoted as a severe high ankle sprain, um, not needed surgery, but expected to miss uh, multiple weeks um what's uh let's let's see what you got here obviously not necessarily the offensive weapons especially in the receiving room haven't been the most fantasy relevant guys but Devonte parker had a huge week this last week um i know jacoby myers was looking pretty good before his little was it the ha- growing tweak i can't remember what he was dealing with there but now what's the patriots thoughts here moving forward oh dear i <laughs> i don't know um Brian Hoyer, <clears throat> God bless him. I'm sure he's a great person, but uh, he's not the answer. Uh, we saw that two years ago when Newton was was down and out. Um, I really hope they don't bring Cam Newton back. That's I just can't stand to watch 60 <laughs> minutes of that. Um, if you ask me, just give the ball to Bailey Zappi. Um, let's see what he can do. Uh, he was one of, if not the most uh, prolific uh, passers in college history last year. So give him a chance. Um, I'm not expecting him to light the world on fire, but I'd way rather watch him struggle and, and watch Hoyer throw like check downs all game. Yeah. It's just a matter of, do you want to see what you got or is it a matter of you want to try and piece together games in the run game? But well, I think imagine, imagine we're going to talk about that in a little bit here as well too, but couple other small ones here uh, to go through. Sterling Shepard, this one sucks because he came back after a massive injury, came back early on the timeline, looked pretty good, was getting massive targets, and tore his ACL. If you watched a Monday Nighter on a non-contact, you saw that. Uh, so it's been confirmed to torn ACL, so that will be a season ender, as well as Jalen Guyton. Um, not a common name for you at home unless you're maybe deeper leagues or in Dynasty, but Jalen Guyton was a wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he also tore his ACL and will be done for the season. Uh, one last one to mention too, just a monitor. Uh, I'll be talking about this a little bit up here in the next section, but David Montgomery exited the game early and is considered day to day with an ankle slash knee injury. Um, so same thing we talked about the Swift and cook pick up the handcuffs waivers going to go through Khalil Herbert will be picked up if he's not already rostered. Um, but this is one that if you own Montgomery, you're gonna have to monitor. And I think it's going to be a similar sentiment that was discussed between Swift and cook 
uh, because the Chicago Bears definitely do utilize the run game a lot uh, leading up to week three. I think they've had an understatement. attempts or something like that. Like it was just not great. So, you know, they, they heavily, their offense runs through the run game. Um, but if you're running back is obviously injured, that's going to be a difficult task. So something to monitor if you are the Montgomery owner. Um, anything to add there, fellas, or anything you want to discuss, insiders? Maybe we should talk about that uh, Keenan Allen is back practicing. I don't know if this maybe is worth mentioning if you're the Keenan Allen owner. Uh, this will be a big week. Um, you know, he did that a couple of years ago during playoffs where he's like, yeah, play me, I'm healthy. And then, yeah, played one snap, and that was the end of that. But we talked about that already. So um, we should get into the studs and duds. Uh, I'll start. I just just started talking about him. Uh, I'll continue on. And my stud is Khalil Herbert, uh, running back for the Chicago Bears. When uh, when Montgomery missed time last year, we saw a lot of Khalil Herbert, and he actually looked really good in uh, in replacement and against some good teams too. Like last year, we were really concerned about Tampa's defense. Khalil Herbert stepped into that uh, offense, went against Tampa Bay's defense, and actually put up a huge week last year. So. Uh, Khalil Herbert was a name that was kind of thrown around a little bit in the offseason, especially in dynasty leagues. Um, now in the redraft, he was kind of put to the side as a handcuff, obviously. Uh, but he stepped into the Montgomery role and produced in a big way. I had 20 opportunities for 157 yards and two scores. I also had two receptions. Uh, ended up getting 29.9 fantasy points and being RB1 on the week. Uh, so for a guy that you could go pick up off the waiver wires that has this potential, uh, he's very explosive. And I think he's a very talented running back. And if Montgomery is going to miss time, then he's a guy that you can immediately grab and put into your starting lineup. He was actually going to be my start of the week. Uh, but without knowing that Montgomery might not actually miss time, it was kind of one of those ones where, well, can it be your start of the week if Montgomery plays? Well, I wouldn't. Uh, but I do think if Montgomery misses time, he is somebody that I'd be throwing my lineup just automatic. So uh, put that little asterisk beside his stud of the week as well, too. Uh, Zach, you want to talk about yours? Okay. Uh, my stud this week was Devontae Smith, um, somebody that has seen his targets increase from four in week one to seven in week two, up to 12 uh, in week three. Uh, he had eight receptions on those 12 targets for 169 yards uh, for uh, with one touchdown for 26.9 half-point PPR points. Um, this was the kind of breakout performance that I was uh, not only uh, expecting but looking forward to, um, and I'm happy to see that uh, the schedule is looking somewhat favorable going into the next couple of weeks for him. Yeah, he, oh man, so good. And that even the first half was just explosive. It just, it was a lot of fun to watch that one. I was having a hard time watching games because of all the cross, but checking in and out and it was just like, holy man, Devonta Smith have a game. So I was like, eh, Devonta Smith might be my player of the, my start of the week. <laughs> I was like, no, I know for sure Zach is taking Devonta Smith, especially after our trade there. But um, Armin, you want to share yours? Yeah. Okay. My guy is uh, Lamar Jackson and he actually put up less uh, points than he did last week, but he put 40.42 fantasy points up 218 passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and then 11 rushes for 107 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, the big reason that like this is regular for Lamar to get between 30 and 40 points, right? 
Um, but his positional advantage this week was huge. You at least like his spread between him and the second uh, best QB this week was 12 points. And like, if you go down the list, like you could have had like a 30 point advantage almost to, to some of the guys that, that people might've started like, uh, like Kyler Murray or, uh, or Justin Herbert or Tua or Stafford or Russ, right? Like huge positional advantage this week with Lamar Jackson. At this point, I would be pretty positive to imagine he's got to be the front runner for MVP this season, especially oh, yeah. in the betting world, because he is single-handedly carrying Baltimore here, <laughs> uh, carrying a lot of fantasy teams as well, too. It's been and with his arm as well, like he's looking like a good passer, actually. You yeah. know, and I, I talked about this last year when we were going into the season. I was just a year too late, but uh, he's taken the next uh, step in his evolution, and but that Baltimore run game just it's only him right now as well so yeah uh duds of the week i talked about a little bit there earlier on that i was going to be discussing this player um i made him my start of the week last week thought this was just a no-brainer absolute no-brainer start of the week arizona secondary is so bad absolutely so bad and cooper cup was going to get a lot of attention which was going to open up alan robinson and so far Allen Robinson owners need to panic a little bit uh, because his fantasy production has been not great. Um, first off, I'll talk about last week, uh, which he ended up putting five targets for a total of two receptions, 23 yards and zero touchdowns for a grand total of 3.3 fantasy points. So it's not great, but if you look at his entire production, it's been awful. He's got 18.3 fantasy points on the season through uh, through three weeks. And that's because of a 13.3 fantasy week in week number two, where he got one touchdown. Um, I'm not going to call it a lot of the same of what we saw last year, but the fantasy numbers aren't lying. And if I am an Allen Robinson owner right now, I'm going to be a little bit concerned because there was the hype that with the new team, the new offense, with the better quarterback, things are going to be good. Things are going to be great. He was a high draft capital player. Um, he had a really, really bad week one. I uh, got the touchdown week two. Everybody thought everything was going to be good, including myself, thinking, you know what, this terrible, uh, with this terrible secondary and a high passing offense that, you know what, this just seems like a great opportunity for him. And another really bad week with a great opportunity. So, Panic alarms are going off in my head about Allen Robinson a little bit too. Uh, I actually don't have him on any of my fantasy rosters, so I don't have to panic too much. Uh, but I bet on him a couple times to hit the over on yardages. Yeah, that didn't work out. So I am a little bit concerned about him. So that uh, Allen Robinson is my dud of the week. Uh, Zach, you want to share yours? Sure. Um, my dud this week, uh, much to Armin's chagrin, was Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Uh, who put up a, a real stinker, 2.9 fantasy points. Uh, you know what? We still got the W. There you go. If you can look at it like that, that's good for you. <laughs> for those of you uh, listening, George just shot me the bird, but uh, or the old Trudeau salute. But you know what? I don't oh, just care. the worst. Division rivalry, we got the number one. Oh. You know, we might not have deserved that win, but we you, good teams find a way to win, Jordan. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Zach, but I got buddies um, that are probably listening at home too. 
Uh, we have like what's called the NFC North group chat, and there's four of us that all four cheer for four different teams in the NFC North. <laughs> and they're commenting in the group chat, like, oh man, Lions look real good. And I was like, oh yeah, this looks real good. And I bet the money line uh, and the over in that game. So I was like, oh man, this is good. Minnesota's coming back here. This is going to help my over. Yeah, I was cheering for Minnesota a little too much, I think, because <laughs> ended up blowing, up blowing the money line. But oh well, yeah, the they. Detroit, Detroit offense, number three scoring offense in the NFL. That's all I got to say. But sorry, Zach, continue. Well, that's fine. I didn't have much else to say. Um, what, 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 well, what else is there to say? Just a real stinker of a game. Um, Go target. Jordan, is, uh, does Jeff Okuda, the corner for the Lions, does he follow uh, the receivers or does he play a side? Uh, he follows, at least, from, at least from what I've got to watch. I didn't get to watch a ton of that game. Um, just because, like I said, I was watching the cross, so I was kind of checking in periodically. But the mm-hmm. first two weeks, he's been following. Like he he followed Devonta Smith in week number one, and then in week Zero number points. two, uh, and yeah, Smith got goosed in that one. And yeah. then in week number two, he was on. Um, trying to remember who he was on in week number two. Who they play? Uh, they ended up beating uh, Washington. I think he was on. I don't think he was on Samuel. I don't think he was on Dotson. I think he was on McLaurin. I can't can't remember. But he's having himself a great season. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully for Jefferson and for all the people that have him in fantasy, it's just a good cornerback matchup. Yeah, we'll just put – he's the one shining star on that defense so far between him and Hutchinson because – that was a mental, mental lapse at the end of the game there for that final touchdown. But say la vie, it is what it is. Uh, Armin, you want to talk about your stud? Or sorry, your dad. Anyways, go target Justin Jefferson. That's two bad weeks in a row. Go try and yeah. Um, Yeah, my uh, dad of the week is two guys, the Packers backfield, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, both combined for only nine points total between the two of them. Um. Yeah, usually you can count on one of these guys and you just got to hit whichever one blows up each week. But uh, this week against a tough Tampa Bay defense, they weren't able to do anything on the ground and Romeo Dubes looked like a hero. Yeah, he did. That well, that game was just... Not that wasn't a good game either. either. No, it, it was like, like the Denver San Fran. That was bad. The commentator is like, how come, how can it be that Brady versus Rogers can't be a primetime game? It's like, are you watching this football game? That's why. That's <laughs> why it's a primetime football game. Still better than the Sunday nighter, but it wasn't much. Um, moving into our upcoming week here. Um, well, we preview last week, I think we did not too bad. Uh, my Allen Robinson was an absolute stinker. Uh, <laughs> Zach was a, was a good call. Claypool sit. That was a good sit. Brady sit. That was a good sit. So, so far we're kind of doing pretty good here on our, on our predictions and our, on our, uh, on our starts and sit calls. But uh, before we get into week number four starts and sits, uh, we have to do Armin's full stream ahead. So do you want to share your stream ahead? And I, I like this one a lot. All right, yeah, I'm going with the Detroit line here for my full stream ahead. Jared Goff, and you might be saying to yourself, wait, what? Start Jared Goff in fantasy? You know, he's available in 44.8% of, or no, he's only rostered in 44.8% of the league, so over half the leagues he's available in. And out of the con- candidates that I had for this week, it was uh, Wentz, Lawrence, and Goff. 
he has the softest defense because I believe Lawrence is going against Philly, who has been shutting teams down so far this year. And then Wentz has a uh, bit of a tougher track in front of him with, uh, let me double check this here. He's playing Dallas, who's a little bit better defense than the Seattle defense. So I'm picking Goff here, and maybe if Swift isn't playing, we see a little bit more pass heavy. Jordan, what's the word on Amonra right now? Is he good to go or what? Uh, I'm concerned. Uh, it is. They're saying that it was positive news about the ankle, um, meaning like we're not going to be without him for long term. But positive doesn't mean we're going to be having him this upcoming week. So I am a little bit concerned about Amonra this week, and I think they're going to take a similar approach with a monitor as they do Swift. I mean, not the two full two weeks, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do let him sit for this week. Uh, we saw them be very, very cautious with obviously Jameson Williams with his uh, comeback with Swift. They're already talking about sitting him for two weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if they take the cautious approach with a monitor as well. They do have good receivers, like not a monitor is a Brown good receivers, but they do have viable options. Um, mm -hmm. Like if you look at Josh Reynolds, he had a really good week last week. Um, is not Chark, terrible, yeah. you know, they could get by, uh, especially this week matchup. I think I would consider it a, a coin flip as they're taking on uh, Seattle. So I would be betting on Detroit against Seattle if Amonra is healthy and Goff is healthy and Swift is healthy. It's just one of those ones you got to monitor throughout the week here to uh, to keep watching. But I, I, I do like Goff in this one, uh, Armand, a lot. This I think if you are hurting at, at quarterback, you could do a lot worse than Jared Goff. No doubt, no doubt. He's got he's got good weapons and he is slinging it. And just wait until Williams gets back. Like it's only going to get better. And that's what you always want to look for is you want a quarterback that's on a high powered offense that has a terrible defense. <laughs> that's the Detroit Lions. Like, did you watch that Minnesota game? Like, they're in absolute shootouts all three weeks, and they're the third highest scoring offense in the NFL. Like, what more do you want? That's fantasy gold right there, man. Yeah, doesn't have to be pretty. It's just fantasy points. <laughs> yeah. As long as as long as Williams quits vulturing those red zones, maybe maybe uh, Goff can punch a couple in there. Your <laughs> week, right? All right, uh, start of the week here, Zach. You want to kick off week number four starts? Yeah, um, this is more of just a, a hunch than than anything else. Um, I've already talked about Mac Jones being out for the Patriots at quarterback, and uh, surprisingly, I'm not starting. Hoyer or uh, or Zappy, but I am going to start Ramondre Stevenson uh, at running back. Um, last week against the uh, Ravens, he averaged six point one yards per carry, as compared to Damian Harris's three point seven yards per carry. Stevenson has been the much more efficient running back uh, through the first three weeks of the season, and he's also been the receiving back. Uh, or rather the, the running back that has had more opportunities, more targets to catch the ball in the offense. Um, I'm looking for the Patriots to run the ball a little bit more than they have been. And hopefully Stevenson's efficiency will uh, lead to a, a pretty good stat line. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, this is so funny because Armin texted in our group chat about you know, <laughs> trade talks and trade conversations. And he's like, oh, what do you guys think about this guy and this guy? And sure enough, I texted in my answer and Zach said, well, I'll just wait. They'll talk about it on the podcast, I guess. So I think Armin got his answer there. Uh, Armin, who's your start of the week? Well, you know, my start of the week just also 
answers the question too because the trade was Stevenson for Monty and I'm saying start uh, start Khalil Herbert this week versus the New York Giants um, as we said earlier in the pod Chicago is running the ball a ton and even if Monty plays you have to think that he'll have limited reps with him being a little nicked up here and and uh, Herbert has just been been a dog man he he impresses me I think he's a great running back and once he has full control of a, of a backfield here, I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I kind of foreshadowed a little bit too much there, not looking down and seeing actually what uh, what your start of the week was there, Armin. So I think I must have gave away a few of the uh, tidbits there, unfortunately. But it's still a great start nonetheless. I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, um, you know, I, I thought about doing the low-hanging fruit of Jamal Williams, but uh, I think a little bit more people are probably wavering on Herbert this week, and I'm – I think you just got to start him. Absolutely. Uh, my start of the week here is Chris Olave, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we talked a lot about the Minnesota-Detroit game, and you've seen what Minnesota has given up against Detroit. You've seen what they've given up against Green Bay, uh, and who else did they play there, too? Uh, they got shredded in the passing as well. So, so far, Minnesota is a team that you can attack in the pass passing game. And Chris Olave has stepped up to the plate in a big way for the New Orleans Saints. Um, in the first couple of weeks, he well, obviously a rookie. You expect a slow start. Uh, but last week or two weeks ago, sorry, against the Buccaneers, which is a tougher defense in the NFL. He had five receptions for 80 yards, which is pretty good, you know, especially for a rookie and a, and a, and a tough defense. And then last week against the Panthers, he had nine receptions for 147 yards. So as a rookie, those are incredible numbers. Uh, and you've got a little bit of a nicked up MT right now. Uh, so you're looking at Chris Olave that could potentially have already surpassed both of them to become the wide receiver one uh, for the New Orleans Saints. And you're going against a team that has given up so, some of the most points in air yards in the NFL so far to date, which is the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and I still think Minnesota is a strong enough team and they should win this game. But if New Orleans wants to compete, Kamara looked terrible this past week. He was coming off a bit of an injury. We talked about that last week. Uh, and it hasn't looked good. So they're going to have to air the ball out if they want to compete. And I think Chris Olave is going to be slated in there as that wide receiver one to continue carrying the load. So I think this will be a, a great start if you're looking for a wide receiver help this upcoming week. Uh, Zach, you want to talk about your set of the week? Mm-hmm. Uh, so to piggyback off of my start, I am looking to sit Damian Harris uh, running back for the Patriots against the Green Bay Packers. Um, it's It's been obvious to me, it's been evident to me over the past two weeks that he's been dealing with some sort of injury uh, when he's been on the field. And when he does get his touches, he's been much less efficient than his counterpart, Ramondre Stevenson. And I can foresee a situation where Stevenson continues to get more work and Harris uh, sees a decrease in work on, until he's healthy and until his production from last year can, can resurface. Yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about the Patriots in that situation there. Now, if you, if you don't get the picture now, I, I don't know if there's much more that we can help you with, unfortunately, the situation the Patriots are battling with right now. Um, Armin, your set of the week? All right, I'm going with uh, J.K. Dobbins versus uh, Buffalo. Um, that Buffalo defense has been pretty stout against the run so far this year. And J.K. Dobbins in his season debut did not do very much anyways. And that offense, like we said, is running through Lamar Jackson. 
and it's also going to be a high scoring game. Well, we would imagine it would be a high scoring game. And that means it's going to be throwing the ball down the field to Andrews or Bateman or Duvernay, all those passing weapons that Lamar Jackson has. And I don't see uh, J.K. Dobbins getting a lot of opportunities this week. And when he does, it's going to be a stout defense in front of him. He's a guy go trade for in your dynasty or sorry, in your dynasty, in your uh, fantasy leagues right now, because he only had seven, uh, seven opportunities last week. Buffalo's going to shut him down this week. And obviously just coming off the injury, I think owners that had drafted him, they had to wait the first two weeks of injury. Third week was not great. Fourth week is not likely going to be very good here as well. So fantasy owners are going to be panicking a little bit about uh, JK. Uh, So I think that's somebody you can go and buy low on after this week too. If you want to kick the tires this week and hold on to him, not play him this week and then play him the following week, I think that's a smart play, but you can even wait after a potentially upcoming bad week as well and get them even even cheaper so that's somebody that you should be putting on your radar for for a trade target i think this upcoming week yeah get the trade start trade talk started this week and like jordan said kick the tires and then after another bad week you can even lower it down be like oh man like did you see that week like i'm doing you a favor i don't want them but i'll take it yeah Um, my set of the week here, um, is piggybacking one last conversation of our New England conversation. We're continuing on here. I, I talked about how Devontae Parker had a huge week last week, uh, in that passing game. They had to keep up with, um, the, obviously talking about the Ravens there as well. And they caught, caught back up and it was a lot to do with the efforts of Devontae Parker. Uh, he had five receptions for 156 yards last week. Uh, but leading up to this, we still didn't know who you could trust uh, as the number one wide receiver for the New England Patriots, or even if you wanted that receiver on your fantasy team. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to go to the waiver wire to pick up Parker this week. I think that's a mistake, obviously, especially now to do with the uh, with the news that they're going to be probably starting Hoyer this upcoming week, like we discussed. So uh, I wouldn't be spending my fab on him, but even if you did or you had him on your team, I would not be putting him in my starting lineup to chase those points. Um, Dreer Alexander missed last week to do a groin injury. I don't know if he'll be back this week, but the Green Bay defense is weak in the run, not necessarily in the pass. Uh, so I would be a little bit concerned uh, starting any sort of pass catcher in that game. So do not start Devontae Parker off of a, a huge week this past week. I think we talked more about the pass. We did the lines this week. That's That's got to be a first, I think. Well, a lot of Pats talk, but uh, transitioning here from the Pats talk, um, before we get into Wellesley's wagers here, um, if you if you were successful last week, obviously with Wellesley's wagers, he had a huge week number two, uh, sorry, week number three, sorry, uh, and his first week on the podcast. Take some of those winnings and get down to 22fresh, uh, 22fresh.ca. Uh, they've got their fall collection out there, and I've been seeing them on their social media. They're sprinkling out some of the deals from the summer collection, uh, and you want to take capitalize on those deals. No better way than capitalizing on a viewer's discount from yours truly, the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast, by using the promo code 306FFB15 on checkout. So go on there, find some deals, or maybe it's something brand new in their fall collection that you've got your eyes on. Well, you might as well take that extra 15% off. That's on us and our major pot, a major sponsorship with the 22 Fresh uh, crew out of Regina. So thank you very much for being our major sponsor. And uh, without th- further ado here, uh, we got Wells in. He's on board here. Uh, he's going to be talking about a little bit about the uh, 
uh, obviously a successful week last week. He was three for four on the Thursday nighter. Uh, so that was huge. And then on his Sunday picks, he was three for four as well. So he's batting at 75%. And not only is that going to keep you in the uh, majors, but that's going to maybe win you some batting titles there, keeping those percentages up. So we are hot. We are hot here, boys. We are hot right now. <laughs> Even spring okay. Monday nighter. Oh man, me and Lucas were texting back and forth. We won some money in the Monday nighters. We didn't put that one in the pod, but we were still, uh, still loving the money coming in. There. I think, I think last week overall, with the picks I gave out, I went six and two. And then on Monday night, I went, uh, I'd be seven and three all of last week. So 70%, if I'm hitting 70% all season long, the listeners are going to be happy. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I will hit the drop here and we'll get into uh, Wellesley's wagers. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money. All right there, Wellesley, let's hear your week four uh, bets. All right, so the first bet I have this week. Now, this one kind of surprised me. I got Thursday night, like I said, we're going to break it down into twos, into three, I guess, Thursday night, Sunday night, and then three days, three different sections on Sunday. Um, Thursday night, we got Dolphins money line. They are heavy underdogs right now, which, to be completely honest with you, kind of surprised me. Um, I know two is banged up and their offense is banged up, but the Bengals haven't looked great. I mean, last week they, on Sunday, they looked pretty good, but they're, they're playing the Jets. So I got right now, I got Bengals money line or not Bengals money line. Sorry. I got Dolphins money line plus 170. And I found it last night, like a, like a true DJ. And I had texted Jordan right away and said, Hey man, get on this line. Cause if Tua plays, I'm, I'm presuming they're the favorites. Um, the next one I have in that is I have Tyreek Hill anytime TD, and that one there is plus 150 as well. I mean, he's already talking talking smack in the media. He wants Eli Apple. I'll be shocked if he doesn't score a TD. Now we're t- going to take the over 47 points. I mean, I think it's going to be a shootout myself. I could be totally wrong. guess we'll see, but I'm going to take the over. That's minus 110. Well, every game, the every um, time he's been involved with in has been a shootout. So it's it's pretty uh, pretty safe bet there that they're going to have to score a lot of points because they rely on the offense more on the defense. Yeah, I mean, their defense isn't great. I mean, we all know that. So uh, coming off a short week, I don't think that's going to help them either. But I think the over – I think the over is almost a lock. I mean, I texted Jordan last night on Monday and said I thought the over was a lock in the first half and in the – after the first half, I texted him and said it was dead. So, I mean, we, we ended up we ended up hitting it, but it, it, it felt dead. Over. <laughs> it it felt dead. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, that was a stinky first half. Yeah. So those are my three for th- the Thursday nighter. Um, Sunday, I got Vikings minus two and a half uh, at one ten. I got the Bills money line minus one sixty five. And then I got the Cardinals money line plus 105. They're playing the Panthers. I think the Panthers stink. I mean, I, I don't think the Cardinals are a great team, but I think they're a better team than the Panthers. And to get the Cardinals at money line, Kyler Murray can be a magician back there. So I like them. Money line plus 105. And then I got the Chiefs money line, the headline the Sunday nighter, minus 130. Um, I haven't really looked at any of the player props because none of the odds are out yet. Chances are I'll probably sprinkle a few in there. I'll pass those along 
going to be able to put those on the social media for you guys to check them out. But just keep an eye out for those. But as of right now, that's that's all I got. Just a light week this week. I think we, I think there's only seven. So it was an absolute treat. I was telling them about obviously we were at provincial this past week, and obviously lots of guys went for a team supper, and we're we're talking betting and stuff like that. Uh, Lucas ended up going back to Yorkton uh, for the hotel, and some of us stayed at the campgrounds in Sturgis. And we're sitting around the campfire, we're just talking bets. And there's two guys that were like, "Case, okay, so you gotta tell me, like, so you can bet on anything." Yeah, pretty much. So, like, what would you bet on? So we're talking about some of the bets we had, and I said, "Go on Instagram and look at some of the bets that uh, we're promoting this week." And it's like, so you can just bet on this. Well, yeah. So we're showing them how it all works. Like, this is unbelievable. Like, he's like, "This is a total different world." He, we're explaining it to them, and there was two guys sitting there betting on table tennis, just complete degenerate. Oh, to, like, to give you guys, to give you guys a basis of how big of a degen I am. One night I couldn't sleep, like, I don't know, this would have been a year or two ago. I was betting on Mexican baseball and, like, the tier three Mexican baseball. And I was just, like, betting, like, each inning. I wasn't even betting the game. I didn't even know who was who. But I love it. This is what I love to do. So I hope you guys, like, yeah, especially if you don't have like, uh, especially if you don't have any fantasy players in those games, like we talked about the Thursday oh. Monday nighter matchups here early on. If you don't have any players in those games, put a little money in there and get a little excitement and something. Yo, it's something the best. To to. I had one guy tell me that he didn't. He said, "Oh, I followed your picks and I didn't. I didn't uh, make any money." And I said, "Well, I went three for one, three for four. So I mean, that's your own fault." He then tells me he parlayed them. If I'm gonna. T- Give you a parlay. I will tell you it's a parlay. Everything here is singles. We're making money. Okay. We're not losing money. We're making money. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so obviously that'll do it for uh, Lucas's uh, picks this week and Wellesie's wagers. Um, I'll throw, Thanks, those, boys. throw those up on Instagram Thank there you, Lucas. and we'll be able to uh, discuss those, but anything to talk about here before we wrap this episode up, fellas. Hey, three and O baby. I talked about two and O. We're three and zero. We're just gonna keep this undefeated season going, boys. I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, do it for I guess for episode number sixty one, uh, week number four coming up here. Um, big things happening. We're uh, we're super excited. Obviously, I have everybody on board. Maybe I'll have to do a little bit of a an update with how the charity league is going here uh, next episode as we hit the the quarter quarter mark of the fantasy season, but. Uh, that'll do it on behalf of myself, Zach, Armand, and uh, as Lucas as well, the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast, as well as 22 Fresh, our major sponsor of the season. Thank you very much for listening to episode 61. Uh, good luck, I guess, this week, everybody. Take care, and uh, let's talk soon.